Yeah, we're still midway through the 80s. We haven't even moved. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I love that. Like, God, but you know what? Know. But see, here's the difference. No one asks you this stuff in detail because unless you live this lifestyle that we all live, they don't know to ask this stuff. Mm. How important these things? These don't seem like big things to a journalist, but to us, they mean the world because we're writers and we care about what we do. So back to, so you got, so now you're hearing this thing. You mentioned Jamaican dub. Funny you mentioned that. Francois said that he was listening to Jamaican, Francois Kevorkian, of course, mm-hmm. body and soul. Francois was doing remixes for Prelude. He did a remix of D-Train where he did the piano and, and keep on with the long bass line. And it was, you know, again, you all mentioned the same roads, Jamaican, I hear those Caribbean style yeah. music coming yeah. through, even with yeah. you saying the same thing. I was dancing to Jamaican music. Okay. And mm-hmm. then I hear these long dubs is really the dub of the Jamaican style. So mm-hmm. I'll let you take over from there. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it was, you know, in, in the UK, I think bass is heavier. We have a different, different sound. I mean, a lot of artists would probably say the same thing. It's different. Like even when you heard like, um, uh, soul to soul, um, you know, the sound that they had, it's a different, it's a combination of, of, of funk soul, the reggae, you know, there's a, a there's a roots to it, which is kind of different to the, the America. It's, there's a difference to it. Though there are Caribbean people from the Caribbean living in the States, there's something in actually the UK that there's, there's that difference. There's that, there's that, that roughness. There's that, you know, that's that you can't take away. Um, and, in the States, when we like, we, we, I remember working, um, God, we were working in Los Angeles and uh, I was with, what's his name? Um, Randy Goodrum and uh, huh? my God, what's his name again? Oh, he worked with Narada, I'm trying to think. Great, great. Um, he wrote, um, we don't have to take our clothes off. Preston Glass. And okay. we were in the studio together and we were jamming and, 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 and I remember we, we spent hours just, singing Jackson 5 B-sides and album tracks that you would not even think, every, everyone's B-sides, I think, by the time we finish. And it was a scenario of, we were exchanging, you know, which was really great. And, and um, uh, I've got wonderful memories of working with some great musicians and classic moments. You know, we, we had, even on the last time, I think we've got Kenny G playing on, on, on a track. But the DJs that I... Have been surrounded by you know obviously i did the arthur baker album but even um the um which was the um oh my goodness gracious uh give it to the rhythm but the classic moment for me was working with tyler vega on let there be love you know and i grew up listening to tyler vega hey there, give it up get up for love give it up you know that was like a you know classic track on motown, know? Yes. And, yeah, on motown. and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. here i am in a studio me from North London singing with Tadavega. So, so you have to understand how we feel as DJs. I'm with D-Train. I'm with you. You're all the voice of our generation. So you can understand how we feel about all of you in the sense. You know, and, and then we, we did a track together too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You. It's classic. Yeah. It's a yeah, classic. But you know what I mean? And I'm saying is as just besides of writing a record, but mm. just hanging out with people that you played their records and saw them on that little thing called the boob tube, the television. It makes a <laughs> difference, you know, when you see someone on TV and then they're with you. 
Yeah, it's a whole different world. And you can appreciate that because you're telling me who you hung out with. You know, you're yeah. the people that I, you looked up to. You I've know? always, like, um, given other DJs chances, especially up-and-coming DJs, you know. I had a huge garage record in 2000 called Mind, Body, and Soul. And DJ Fantasy is like a, a dubstep drum and bass DJ. And um, I had known about his music, but I listened to it and got into it. And, and, and it was a different genre. And UK Garage was like hitting quite heavy. And I thought, okay, let's try it. You know, and that's what I've always done. Even when I did stuff with um, Peter Rohoffer. Remember Peter Rohoffer? Oh, he rested. I had, yeah, I, I, I wrote some hits. I wrote, um, oh my God, what's it called again? I wrote um, Sugar Pie Guy. And I wrote. That's your, um, I didn't know you wrote Sugar Pie I wrote Guy. Sugar Pie Guy. I wrote Sugar Pie Guy and I wrote, I'm a co writer on that. And the other one. With, Get in my um, car and have a ride. Yeah, <laughs> I, I sang on Pleasure and I sang, oh, what's the other one? There's another big hit with, um, oh Christ, what's his name? A Swedish guy and he was. I don't know how he became part of the record, became part of it. Anyway, with Peter Rahoff, I went to Austria, worked with him, and one of the tracks on his album called uh, Fantasy okay. was, was a track I played the keyboards at home, sang on top of it, and put it on my answer machine. And he listened to the answer machine and says, Lee, what is this track that you have on your That's not just machine? like him. Not you know, like I like this track. What is this track? I said, oh, is this something I did together on the sequential circuits? No, and Sonic keyboard, I was doing all my sequences on it. And he said, oh, I like this track. Can you, can you send this to me? I want to use this. I said, oh, okay, cool. So um, I sent it to him, and he redid the whole thing and put it on the album. But and you said, know what's funny about Peter? May he rest in peace, Lee? You could never tell when he was excited nor angry. He yeah, had the same tone. tone. Yeah. He yeah. had one he, Are you excited over the record? Yes. Do you not like the record? Yes. It's like, are you okay, Peter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was Austrian. He was Austrian, so you know. Yes. He was. Quite, he, was he was really. But he was see very, now, he was very fair, and um, you know, before he came to work in New York, obviously he was in Austria, and he was he, he blew up really big, and um, I used to laugh at what he was doing. You know, who he was doing because it was just it was just a fun. I've even got some um, demos of some of the stuff I sent for some of the sing singers to Connie, um, Connie Harvey and stuff to sing on and stuff like that. Um, and that was the 90s when I did a lot. I went more underground than the, the railway, I think. I did so many, uh, got different things. And I was Freetown, the Freetown days of Sankey. Oh, Lee John. And the Mighty Power Love. And yes, that's Mood to Swing. Mood to can you, Swing. Can you Sting text me yesterday. Sting that. You know, that sampled a lot. Da, da, da. I should find it if, if I could. Uh, oh my God. Everyone, you know, Power of Love? Oh Mighty my God. Power of Love. Mighty Power of Love. It's oh like, uh, I should get it. If I could squeeze this, I could, I could find it. Let me see if I can. No, don't play it because we have a takedown. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. okay. That's okay. why I don't play no music don't on take the it, show. No, Lenny does no. not play music on the show. But the Mighty Power of Love is, has become a classic to the point where when I was doing Reborn in the USA, we went to Detroit and the guys and girls there, they said this track is an anthem. They'd play it, you know, it down. It was like, you know, um, and this is late night, you know, this is in the, but before we go back, let's go back before that. Arthur Baker. And uh, one Baker, thing I want to bring out something very important, okay? Mm -hmm. Again, West Indian culture. 
in imagination, those moog baseline sounds are very dubbish. Was that thought process with it, or just was something somebody sat down and played the bass and go, "We're just going to go with that"? Or were you? Tony look- Swain is like a silent genius, and Tony Swain was the one of the brainchilds behind our imagination sound, and and he basically we had a Harrison desk, and there was a lot of different effects. Like I've got it in my studio here, and he 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 would he had this. It was like a very um, mashed up, simple Moog machine, Moog bass. And that's what he did all the bass lines on. And sometimes he'd overdub it with piano, but he wasn't fluent. So he'd edit a lot of things together. And he was very ahead of his time when it came to, like now people do sequences and stuff. And he was ahead of that. And I mean, I remember I used to sit at the bottom of the quarter inch machine as we were spinning in vocals. And that was very new at the time when we were doing it. And I'd be catching the tape and stuff like that. So I'd do one chorus, do all the harmonies, um, do all the different variations, and then we'd spin it in, get it in time, da 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 da, to save time. You know, because at that time, studio time was very expensive and they didn't allow you <laughs> as much time. So we had to get a lot of stuff done. So he was, he was a genius in that. And, and, and Steve, um, his, his, his partner on, uh, in the studio, uh, also added to that. But, but Tony also had one thing which was very good and, and great for an artist, but he listened. So if I had an idea, if any other, anyone had an idea, he would listen and not throw it away. I'd come back and he'd use it. You know, like the beginning of Illusion, there's the ending where you hear me going, Illusion, and there's a phaser sound on top of that. And I, and I asked him, you know, because I was always into the intros, you know, like flashback, I wanted it just to be me by myself with the voice, we're starting up, now we're on our way. I wanted that just by itself. And they said, Lee, we can't because we're gonna get the tempo. How's it gonna come in with the tempo? I said, I don't care, I want just my voice. And there was, then it was like a compromise because then I had to have uh, some kind of pulse. So they had the da 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 the chords, the road da da da. So there's all these little things that was happening in the studio. Like even with Burning Up, there's a lead vocal on Burning Up, which, will surprise people at the end of the year with something on that. But with Burning Up, I'd written the lyric and the melody, but I wasn't happy with it. And the record company was pushing us, pushing us to put, you know, we, we had to get the next track on the album because we had a date to cut. So I didn't even get time to put the vocal on it. So we had to, <laughs> it went out as it did with the, I'm burning up, you know. So there's all these little kind of stories. I mean, um, Tell Me Do You Want My Love, which was on the first album, was right. a, like a number one in, 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 in Canada. And people didn't even realize, you know, it was a huge, huge record. And one of my favorites because it always had that summer feel to it. Um, and uh, my ad libs, I think I stole from Natalie Cole, you know, you know, from Mr. Melody. I love Natalie Cole. So I used to, you know, I just, I love some of the riffs she did. So I borrowed a few in a sense like that. Um, but uh, you wouldn't know which ones they are. I know. <laughs> you change and you and you make them work with what you with with the sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was also about having fun and enjoy doing it. You know, um, there was a ballad on the first album, "Don't Look Back." I'll always love you. Um, and I wrote it, and I needed. It, I just wanted piano and strings. Um, and Tony had no idea what I was going to do. And I, I played a little bit to show him what I was doing. Then he took over and he played. It was kind of like a she's out of my life thing. And um, to the fans, it's become a classic in itself. You know, prior to Music and Lives Changes, 
and uh, illusion all of these you know your early beginnings the early music things are so so important you know um and then discovering the dj contact because right. that was very very important the whole dj connection was very very important because you know that's like what was in the grooves um and as time went you know records were changing times were changing um and you know different people was into different things um and you know we started touring a great deal and so sometimes by the time you release your track or album in 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 japan or wherever you know um they're just catching up with this, the first album you know right like that. so that was a that was one of the things especially in the 80s we, we were always seemed to be behind in germany or whatever doing what we did like a year before with another com- country and stuff like that but it was um for us it was uh we were like black british ambassadors because there wasn't any black british groups like us doing what we were doing right. um so you know all the guys you know they put all their energies and strengths and the whole team it was it was a it was a teamwork as well um and uh you know it was just trying to make it work and make it the best and be as strong as you can and be different and i think that was the whole thing being different you know the outfits the looks and i'm a, i'm a, a purveyor of that trying to do your thing you know and, and and some people sometimes feel because of um you know they you know they've got friends around and what their friends are going to say no 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 baby go out there and do it you know right. you have an idea you want to turn your hat around this way you want to be upside down go and do it try experimentation is so important you know um if i didn't experiment i don't think i'd have been here now you know and doing different things you know sure. it was a pleasure for me you know doing the gorillas album you know and and doing the lost chord because they were into the sound they were into um and it was like we were friends you know we like we knew each other and um there's certain elements that people loved from our music even when i worked with you it was great because i did marshall and simpson thing we went crazy on could have been you it's like you know um it's, that's it, that's and, that's and it's and, and could have been you it could have been you could i you know what i always get confused whether it could have been you could be me because it sounds like it's the same title and i always think oh is it could have been you or is it could be me and i just love those all those harmonies and i kind of stand back at at stuff and i kind of listen to things not like it's me or it's you i'm just thinking oh i like that that's you know and that to me it's it, it's it's a good song you know what i'm saying something that's that's cool so we have to we have got to bust that one out again we'll come back to that yeah definitely but we all want to know about instinctual as well oh. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to say I know it's like a like I took a thorn and pushed it to your side. Go ahead. Well, David Morales. What can I say? Morales. Morales. Um it's interesting because um we had done I think the last time and it was very R&B got into the R&B chart. And then I think we had another track, I think Home in Your Arms. which fairly was well I, i wasn't sure that was the right song to put out and um then the anr guy was with us just disappeared but that was in the uk but in new york um we had joe hecht who was really into our album and 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 everything the close to album and so um all of a sudden i can't remember how it was it was like someone said oh, we that somebody's done a mix so he fragmented of someone's done a mix 
of instinctual, I want you to hear it, see what you think. And so they send it over to us in the UK and they said, you know, we've already put it out on white labels or we're over to see what the reaction is and stuff and it's really going well. And I listened to it in the UK, I'm thinking, this is out of key, this is out of tune, what's going on here, you know? I hate it, what, what is this, you know? It's like, and then Peter, who joined our group here, Roy, was saying, Nali, this is a vibe, you've got to check this vibe, this is what's going on, you know? And at this point, I think 88, 89, house music was changing drastically, you had Acid House coming in, and it was more freaky, there were more experimentations, it wasn't so much about the musicality anymore. It was about a vibe. It was about, you know, what people were into and a very subby feel. So um, somehow the way David had done it in this sub thing, we played the bass. Dum, 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 dum. Sometimes you don't know the way I feel when I look in your eyes. So I mean, was it the natural thing? Like the bird knows how to fly. Slowly I find... I know the bass is still going... Da, 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 hey, da, it's all the way through. But out of tune. So yeah. it's like written another key. Written in another like, key. It's written in another key. So they said, look, we want you to come to America because it's climbing up the charts to promote it. And I thought, they've got to be deaf. They've got to be out of it, you know, completely. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? You can't on? even believe it, right? You can't even believe it. You're like, no way. Look, let me make, I'll have to explain this. We went to America and we recorded, um, like, side, the side two of the album was like, it had that West Coast feel to it. And we had some great, great musicians. Um, Ron Had Mercy, Kersey on it. We had that kind of Anita Baker kind of feel going on. We, and when we did the last time with Nick Martinelli, who'd done Loose Ends and Stephanie Mills, we were in our element. And that, that other track, I Know What Love Is, oh, that was another one I loved. Um, Nick was like on it, and close to the title track. You know, we had, um, in actual fact, uh, I Know What Love Is was with um, the co-writer of Man in the Mirror, did that with. Um, but it was, we thought, wow. But then the, the, the least track, because there was a big argument, going on in the studio when we were doing Instinctual with Arthur Baker and Ashley. There was this big argument about the song, about this. And then my manager was in London ringing me, saying to me, Lee, you better, you know, you better get and do the song, sort it out, it's your money. Don't forget it's your money, you're paying for the time in the studio. I was getting all of this and they were like arguing in there and we shouldn't what do it. What was the arguing over? What was the argument over? The song, about the song. Right. What was it was, there was two songs. There was two songs. There was who tell me who, and then instinctual. And and who tell me who? Um, there was a. There's a lot of different greens on the creative area, the direction, or what have you. And um, now mind you, on Arthur you know, Baker's hot right now. Arthur's hot at that time. Oh, at, at that time, yeah. That at time. that time, Arthur was a book too. Yes, yes. Arthur was Well, we, subsequently, I mean, after we had the big hit with um instinctual number one um you know and and I'll, I'll go back a bit before that because when we arrived in new york joe hecht took us down to the village and he said there's an event you know i know you want to go to your hotel and you're tired but you need to just come here please bear with me so we, we're in this big limo we go down to the village sitting there in the village and it's hot and what have you and there's sound systems going crazy 
and and all of a sudden we pull up and then he must have timed it but there's there's a party going on there everyone's out on the streets and you know how it was then and um all of a sudden we hear dum 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 but it felt different it just felt different the whole atmosphere felt different and we got out of the car and i started dancing and carrying on and whoo, and i forgot all about the key <laughs> it was like because the vibe and everyone was just going oh this is my tune this is da da everyone was saying yeah man this is the, this is the one and and joe did this to convince me and convince the rest of the guys obviously you know this is this is what it's all about but i mean david said that they didn't retune it but i think in the mastering i think they slightly did he says they didn't but i think they did um because on the like what do you mean retune what do you mean retuning take the ball um, basically it? yeah i think they kind of sped it in a way so therefore it just was slightly in tune i'll tell you why because um subsequently because of the number one of instinctual BMG decided, look, you know, we should get a few mixes, maybe do a few imagination mixes and stuff like that. So Frankie Knuckles did a version of Changes. Uh, Tony Humphreys, I think, did Music and Lights. T-Coy did a very interesting version of Illusion. And that's all I will say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Why is he so sweet? That's all I will say. Um, David and I, who wrote a track called Love's Taking Over, which um which became a single which uh one of my favorites and then there was this track i did called give into love which david actually produced as well which byron stingley then um did a version which peter rahoffer took a, a cassette of the of, of my demo of give into love and said i'm going to keep this and one day use this for, for 10 city or byron stingley and that was like three years four years later he then recorded it on byron but he kept that uh that cassette so um, I remember, you know, one of my songs on there. So, um, so when I, so after doing that, Arthur then said, I have to have you on my album. And I remember even when we were doing, um, Instinctual, the whole shakedown atmosphere, shakedown, New York, Arthur Baker, you had all these up and coming DJs. You had all these you know, um, was it, was it Gail King? Is it Gail King? Gail Sky King, yes. Gail yes, Sky yes. King. She was great. She was in the early stages. And I was there with her hanging out all the time. Uh, Tippy Morales. Um, oh, my God, the names. There were loads and loads and loads. Benji Candelario was there at that, I think. I, yes, Benji Candelario, yeah. David, David, I think David Sussman was engineering there. As That's well. right, yes. Yes, yep. David and, and Eric, Eric Copper. Eric Copper. Eric Copper. Eric Copper was my right hand person. He was with me. I kept saying, I have to have Eric there. I have to have Eric there. He's, you know, so, you know, I'd say to, 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 to um, Arthur, you know, please bring Eric, please bring Eric, Eric, you know. And I was surrounded, you know, leaving New York, I'm sorry, leaving London, being in this situation, I was around all this whole New York atmosphere of right. uh, Latin, Latin American type DJs and mixes, the, the Latin rascals, that was it. Yes, Tony Moran and Albert Ferrer. Yes, the Latin, Latin, Latin Rascals. Yes. It's only coming back to me now because I'm remembering because they were all there. We were like, it, and they were getting me to sing on tracks and this. And then I went back to do um, Give Into the Rhythm. And Arthur sneakily got me to sing backgrounds on practically everyone's record. He actually <laughs> got, yeah, he had, I remember we did a track called Inspiration and Daryl Pandy was coming into town and coming out quickly. And he came into the studio and he said, look, 
make sure there's a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and I can understand this. And then you had Tata Vega, and she was breastfeeding her child. And they're all around the mic, all around the mic. And then you got um, Daryl Pandy eating chicken while singing. You're my inspiration. And he's like singing. It was, it was hysterical. It was quite funny. Um, and you, really, and you can smell the chicken, the KFC, the Kentucky Fried Chicken in the studio. Like, it reeks everywhere as soon as you open the box. It's like I it's, freaked out, but he's singing and eating. The grease, and the grease is falling down his face. As he's going, as he's screaming, you know, and I'm there laughing. And then one of the interesting things, I did a version for Jackie O. Is it Jackie O, the club? There was a, yes, Jackie, uh, six, Jackie 60, I think it was. Jackie 60, Jackie 60. Jackie 60. Um, That's another club in New York. Yeah. asked me to do a version, which is a, which is a very hard-to-find version of Swept Away, the Diana Ross, Daryl Hall track, and, which I did do. And I had um, Tawadra G on backgrounds along with um, Fonzie Thornton. And Fonzie was there in the in the waiting room. He didn't he didn't see me, and but he was he's very on it. He's really really on it. And he came into the studio, and he said to to, to us, "I told you it was him. I know it was his voice." And he was talking about me. You know, it's like really um, it was surreal because I'm there an admirer of his work. You know, now, now everyone let me tell you who Fonzie is because he's mentioning big names. Fonzie, Fonzie sang in backgrounds with Luther. In Ch and Chic, Chic, change the group yeah. change. Right, yeah. went to work on her own single called Juicy Fruit with James yeah. McCune. And Tume, and Tume, and Tume, yeah. James and Tume, the other jazz musician. So here you have some really heavyweights, and they had humongous hits, and they're all coming in and working on backgrounds on Lee John stuff. So. Yeah, it was like it, crazy. So realness is all around you. It's crazy. Yeah. And you and, and thing is what they what I picked up from them, they picked up from me. You know, um I, I've had a lot of magic moments like that. Um I'm trying to think of this one singer who worked with Stevie and she was on uh when I was in Los Angeles, I can't remember her name, and she had the voice of thunder and oh you know, and I had to go in and sing and do my bits and stuff. And, and, and but it was, it was a great exchange of, of, of style, um, which, you, you know, you feel comfortable with, you know, you, it wasn't like you're competing with somebody, you know. Uh, and there's that a lot was, of love too. There's also, a, um, there's also this, like I call it borrowing. Yes. Um, yes. Giving, because I've had it here, but all the people you mentioned have come through these doors and mm. we've all worked on different sessions together. And it was never work. It was more like a party. Yeah, it was always it was always fun. I was first having, would be yeah. you had to laugh constantly, and then it was ten minutes of singing like yeah, that. That's it. Yeah, that's laughing, it. Yeah. And yeah. you remember this person or this, and then all of a sudden, okay, hit the hit the record button and track it. And with mm. thirty seconds, the background sections were done. You're like, uh, yeah, yeah. What? Two hours of Yakety yakety yakety, and I'm hearing, <laughs> yo, did he tell you this? And that, and I'm sitting there at the microphone, and I was, <laughs> what I really wished was, was that the, the tape was running through that part, because that's where it gets really funny. That you have to be in those sessions. But when he's I telling mean, me, I can visualize it completely. It, I mean, it was, it was, um, you know, I've, I've had a very diverse 
you know, I've done acting, I'm producing, I'm, I'm on my ninth documentary, because um, film be has become quite a big, important part of my life, um, documenting things. You know, I did a, a documentary on St. Lucia. Um, you know, we have, I mean, this flashback project's nearly a decade. And finally, it's, it's getting the right home and the right people because I've had, you know, so many up. You know, you get to the point of the ladder and you just slide back down and you get up again. And, and I've been pushing and pushing and pushing. But I'm, I'm a kind of person where, okay, that train didn't leave the station. Let's get the next one, you know. And we'll, we'll, we're going to make it work. And throughout my career, I've managed to do, as I said, do different things, acting and writing. Writing, um, I have some interesting things coming up. I have a, a track, which I was supposed to do the video nearly a year ago with um, Plastic Bertrand. You know Plastic Bertrand? Oh, I don't know. He's been huge in Europe. In actual fact, um, he was invited over by, not Lady Gaga, but somebody like that, to perform uh, last year on tour. And obviously that got cancelled. But I wrote a song called Don't Stop, which the record company over there love, and they want to do the video. And it's got a Daft, Daft Punk feel to it. Oh, that's fabulous. A wicked, wicked producer in, um, in Italy I'm working with called Dario. And uh, he's, if, when you hear it, you're going to go crazy. It's, it's really good. But we need to have the two of us together, you know, to film it. Um, right. But I've used Dario in a few different production things because I've got a lot of stuff in the can I produced as well. Um, I've got a track with Precious Wilson, you know, Precious Wilson. Oh, sure. I can't stand the rain. Well, when you hear this track, we have a track called Living in Hell. And she sounds, it's like a, it's like a, somebody else's guy kind of feel when you hear that. Whoa. But. See, the thing I find with you, I always feel like when we catch up, you went to some groundbreaking stuff. It's kind of like, I always say the same thing for myself like being the Forrest Gump, like you're always there at the right <laughs> time. You know that movie, Forrest Gump, it's like, he's, oh, John Kennedy's right there, he's next to the window, I had that success. It's like, you were, like you said, I was at Shakedown in New York with all that energy. Mm, mm, it's house very, music. Yeah, Meanwhile, you're not a house yeah. artist. You're not a house music artist. <laughs> you are a professional artist that I look at from the R&B side maybe with dance elements, but I never looked at you like house or say the other one, um, speed garage or any of those, like I can't yeah. genre you. I just say Lee John, the artist, <laughs> like, Lee John, like, you know, you said Daryl Pandy. What do I think of house record, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, Chicago. right away? Like, yeah. you know, Shaka Khan, you know, that sound, you know, what she, mm. the R and B flavor and yeah. you know, but I can never say Lee John's a house artist, even though you've done oh, and, yeah, and yeah, by, yeah. by accident or by mm. necessity, someone taking the track and remixing it to that direction. And all of a sudden, now you're in this new vein of house music, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it happened with The Mighty Power of Love. because the Mighty There's another big record. Yeah, I mean, that was a house record to start the original. Um, it was more UK house. Mm -hmm. And then Lem Springsteen and, and Muta Swing, they, they gave it the American house, um, which, which it didn't take anything away from the song, which was cool. Um, and then bringing it up to date, I'll say 2016, I had a hit with Mary Wilson with um, Time to Move On. First time she'd been in the charts since the 70s, since the Supremes. And I wrote a, tr a track, Time to Move On, which I'd actually recorded her years before. Um, and that's an interesting story. It was a time when the Supremes were supposed to go on tour 
And in my house, there was a whole thing going on. Oh, that's going to be in the book. I can't talk about that. Um, but there's a lot of stuff. Anyway, I recorded this song. And actually, you, his really, really, you really, better really, buy his book. You hear this? Yeah. You, his book is going to be out now. So a lot later, a lot later. But um, what you have to buy now, actually, and, and watch, I don't know if you, if you guys haven't watched it, but my best friend, Leroy Logan, um, his life story is in the small act series produced by and directed by Steve McQueen. And in the episode Red, White and Blue, it's all about Leroy. But there's a character playing a little person called Lee John in there as well. So I've now been portrayed in, in, a, in a TV series. So that's an interesting, interesting part of it. And actually, uh, John Boyega is playing Leroy. And John Boyega has been nominated for some Emmy Awards. So that's an exciting time. Wow. He's playing you? You know. No, no, not John Boyega. No, John Boyega's playing Leroy. But, okay. um, oh, my goodness. What, yeah, oh, my goodness. My brain. The, the young guy playing me is uh, a huge West End star. He's, play, he's played uh, Judas. Um, my brain is, oh, his name. They're going to kill me. He's a very talented guy. Great voice. Great personality. And he plays Lee John in Red, White, and Blue, the small act series, which is on Amazon. And Leroy has a book. So um, you want to see a prequel to how my life was in, in his life when he became a black, not black policeman, but a policeman. Check out his book, you know, My Life as a Policeman. Um, I can't remember people's names and things like that. But Leroy Logan, check his book on Amazon. Leroy Logan, look that up yeah. and make note of it. Yeah. And there's a little bit about me in there. So um, for them to actually film a bit about, and actually, in fact, in, in the red, white, and blue series, in actual fact, um, the proudest bit of it is that uh, there's a young lady playing my mother, because my mother was very influential, worked in the community, and still does uh, work in the community in, in North London. So um, we had a very grounded life, even though I lived this, you know, life like that. I had a very grounded life, and my friends are very. We're very real. You know, we, we have a good time. You know, we still love our champagne and our red wine, but we keep it on a, on a, on a, on a good natural level and enjoy life, you know, in, 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 a, in a positive way. Yeah, well, you could tell you're grounded because your work habits show it. You're constantly always, you're, you're a workaholic. You're always going. That's well, not... You know, that's what I know. I mean, I grew up in that period where that's what it was all about. It was, the, it was about, you know, hold on, who is this? Somebody's coming through. Uh, oh. Tyrone Huntley. Thank you. Tyrone, Archie, that's my manager. Tyrone, thank you, Archie. Tyrone Huntley. I'm so sorry, Tyrone. And let's give Tyrone, and let's explain it one last time. You must go on YouTube and check out Tyrone Huntley. He is an amazing talent. He actually did um, an excerpt from, from Rent. Um, they did a whole festival of different musicals, and he's fantastic. And then... Um, yeah, he did Judas and Judas by Superstar. I think he got an award for that. He played in, um, oh my crime, my, my brain's going. But he's a very, very good talent. And I was very, actually very, very happy and privileged that he played me. He, you know, he did what he, you know, he did his, his version of me. But it was good, we, you know, and it, it's great to encourage talent like that. And he's, sure. he's uh, very, very good. I mean, the voice just went bam, you know, and uh, a very true, you know, a really good gift. And so I'm pushing him as well as John Boyega, who's going to get some awards. So watch out for John Boyega in the next 
I think that award week is... Oscar nomination oh. goes to the one that played Lee John <laughs> <laughs> in the screenplay movie. You know what, it's, you know what it's, it's good? It's just good to be, um, is it affiliated with? You know, like, okay, oh, my friends, friends, blah, 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 got everything. They're Oscar nominated. They're Grammy yeah. winners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want that. I'd like to get it for the song, though. You know, I want to... Best song of the year, written by... That's it. That's it. Well, you never know with the gorillas, with um, the Lost Chord. There's been a lot of uh, talk about that. So, uh, you know, oh, it, that band, that band seems to cross many different genres. The it was an amazing experience. We did three shows. I think a million um, viewers streamed. That was Christmas. We were in our little bubble. Um, Damon, Jamie, all the crew just amazing. They just, they've got a really great team. They have it organized very, very well protecting everybody and um jamie's it's 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 like a friend you know like you meet, you know we met and it was like we have a joke we have a laugh it's just very natural and and i think if you're yourself then you know things creatively and what i liked about writing with um, damon and the guys was um it was all organic and um then the sounds come out and and you can create your own visual tapestry um and uh, melodically and things like that I, and um it's like when i do interviews with different people i'm always very different with each one because sure. each one you offer something different there's a part of you that's always different and i see myself as an artist not a celebrity for me a celebrity you don't really know what they do they're on that show or you see them there but you don't know what they do and i've come from the era of where you you know artistic integrity you know you're you know, what I liked about America in particular, when I go there a lot and, 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 and you, you speak to people about uh, the songs and stuff, they'd know your lyrics. They would be speaking the lyrics to you. And that was an amazing thing when someone actually speaks the lyrics, you know, like someone would say, in and out of love, hey, love, look what you've done to me. You chained me with hostility so I could never see, you know, the nightmares I've been having about you and me, definitely they're gonna come through. And someone's speaking that to you. And I, I get a lot of that. And funnily enough, with the Lost Chord, with the Gorillas, a lot of the fans are using the lyrics and they're putting them on, on T-shirts, on, on, um, on, on Instagram. They're, they're, you know, I'm playing, I don't know if you've seen the video, I'm a, I'm a monster. So they've got me, I'm, the, my, the character I'm playing is Poseidon. And um, that was interesting because that took Five hours, six hours of makeup. Um, and believe me, it was a lot of makeup. You know, I didn't have my ears. They were like over here. And uh, the costumes, the costume designers were fantastic. Really the best, you know. And uh, I had to get myself in trim to wear the outfit, you know. So it was very, very good and, and um, very well thought out. And we did this all in the COVID environment. But when I say COVID environment, I mean in in a bubble so it was done they looked after the crew made sure everybody was tested and um to make the product to make you know a, a piece of art um and that to me is is if we could still do that now you know that people get out there you know let's face some more challenges let's get out there and do it it's not easy it's not not easy and the governments and all that frustrate us and when we watch TV. But, you know, we've got to keep the entertainment going, got to keep the music going. We've got to find a way 
so that the DJs also can get out there and we can start dancing again and getting into the groove and start making the music. Hallelujah. Amen, Lee John. We have to start doing. We've got to, you know, because otherwise you, we, can, we can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and we can be having these conversations, but at the end of the day, it's in the groove. You know, it's, it's, it's what's going down. It's like, whoo, you know, I want to, you know, get down there and do it. Nobody knows the inside. That's me. I want to get out there. That's right. That's Tell right. somebody. You know, and that's what it's all about. I have a question for you that's, that's um, being that you come from both sides of the business. The old business, which is the vinyl, CD, cassette business, mm-hmm. opposed to the digital streaming business, mm. it's the Spotify generation. Mm-hmm. Have you embraced it lovingly, this new New, <laughs> this new way of us, <laughs> I don't mean to insult or make you laugh, but have you embraced it the same way, like as you remember the golden era of the music industry? The way you say it, lovingly. Have you embraced it lovingly? <laughs> I don't you know, know how to explain it, because it's like, all right, have you lovingly. embraced it with acknowledged? Have you acknowledged that it exists? Today? Yes, yes. I have. To be honest with you, I've always been a person if this is where we have to change to, that's what we have to do. Um, and my team were the same way. It's like, what other choice do you do? You, you know, I think um, in the 90s, where there were still changes going on, and we were, no, late 80s, 90s, there were changes going on, and we were trying to s- swim a different way, and it was just not happening, and we're still trying to swim that way. And, in, and I learned, no, you, you know, you have to, there's new things always going to be evolving and changing. You don't have to jump on every little thing. You sit, you observe, and you, you, know, you go into what you think you like. Um, we've just had to embrace, this is a, a way to get to new audiences. Um, and you just, I, I would just say, like I was saying earlier, you have to be very careful what you put out. And if you put something out, make sure it counts. Don't just put it out, you know, boom, 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 boom. Make everything a moment to you know, like it's a premiere that you're going to put out there, something worthwhile. So everyone can be pushing to that level. So we've just had to adapt to what is available to us now, especially in this, con- in, in these conditions, especially, you know, sure, because um, we're noticing too many. What I'm also noticing is another problem. It's not bad nor good is that there's too much product coming out. Amen. I totally agree with you. And the quality isn't as good. And, and, you know, like, um, I was listening to, uh, what's his name again? His new record. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Um, he got sued because they, they used a Marvin Gaye riff. Um, oh, you mean Robin, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. Yes. Now the new record I heard, I don't know what mix it was. It sounded like, um, Producer of Level Forty Two, um, Inspector, Inspector, Police Inspector, Inspector something. Um, um, anyway, Robin thinks music. It sounds like I'm saying it now because that's what it sounds. It sounded like underneath the layers that I was hearing. I was hearing this track that um, the record is a it's a it's an instrumental record, and it was by the. He passed away recently. He and he produced he produced records for for Level Forty Two, um, and um, that 
is a situation now where sometimes you're listening to a track thinking, oh, I know this track. Right. And then you listen, oh, and it's something else. So um, it's, it's the originality nowadays. It's you know, like everybody's sounding like Beyonce. Because um, I was listening to something, oh, is that Beyonce? Is that Rihanna? <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing, you know. And also those everlasting melodies that stayed forever, you know, even um, the most simplest thing, I, I tell you one of the most simplest, not simplest, it was simple, but it used, I used to love this album. And it was because I, was, I thought it was very clever. And it, I think it was the second or third Donna Summer album, Love Trilogy, Try Me, I Know We Can Make It. It was yes. the whole thing. And I just loved that you had one song all the way through. Try me, try me. I know, I know, I know. We can make it if we try. And it was a whole song. And that was, to me, that was really clever, you know, but it was original. You know what I mean? So it was, a, it was and it, it was it had a dark, and that, I think, and someone was saying to me the other day, they think that um, because of where we are in, 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 in right now, that music is going to be a little bit more kind of going, having a bit of the disco aesthetic to it, a little bit more fun, a little bit more... Because happier. People, a little yeah, more happier. Yes. A little bit more happier. I think we're in that situation. And I'm listening to a lot of radio now, you know, because there are not much options. <laughs> and um, well, and I'm hearing... Watch Netflix. You know, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of... A lot of, uh, uh, of uplifting music but music i'm thinking oh my god oh wow remember this you know which is great you know so um that's it folks <laughs> and now the main question is the ending the highlight have you hit the highlight yet of your career do you feel oh, and no. i high high powered or are you still striving for something that I'm, I'm creating a lot of different things. And, and um, for example, I have a duet with Jorge Vosillo. He's a two-time Grammy Award-winning Latin American artist. Really, really talented. We have a track called Solitude. A uh, really great friend of mine, Brother Nick, inspired me because he did this mix that I never expected to happen. And it really got the engines going. I thought, wow, Nick, this is fantastic. And so I decided to ask for Hey to sing it in Latin while I'm singing in, in English. And it was just an idea. And it's expanded. We have a video. Um, and that's something coming on. So I'm just, you know, going from different projects, different creative things, you know, um, where we're definitely going to finish the flashback documentary, which is, my goodness, we've got over 100 interviews of uh, 500 hours, which we're editing into a serial. Um, you know, I did a documentary on St. Lucia in 2019, which is now going to be broadcast, from what I was told. Um, there's a few other things I've done. Acoustically shows, which I've been doing where um, I'm just using guitar and keyboard, because that's another source of expression that I like to do. I can do my jazz stuff, I can do an imagination stuff, but do it acoustically. So right. you're seeing a different interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes when you are a artists, a soul artist, a black artist, they want to put you in a box, especially in the UK. They want to put you in, you can't do rock. You can't, you know, you have to be, this is it. You cannot go here. You cannot go there. And I say, as we say in England, bollocks, I do what the 
I won. You know, I won. <laughs> he cleaned it all up. He beat himself. I, I like beat it. myself. You see, I do that. I don't care. You know, he's got his own. Listen to him. My own yeah, because I think you know. Hey, you know, just wrote to me real quick. Was it Boone Gould regarding level forty-two? When you were mentioning Boone Gould or Wally Badaru. That's it, Wally Badaru. And Inspector something, wasn't it? Yeah, Inspector, that's what they wrote. Chief Inspector. Chief Inspector, that was it. Michael Stooks gets the the ding, ding, ding award. That's it, that is it. Who's that that said that? Michael Stooks wrote Chief Inspector Yes. Wally Bataru. Yes. Thank you. That, thank you. That, that's the, that was the one. That, See how they care? They're listening. They're writing and telling. That's good. That is good. Because, you know, that's a, listen to the Robin Thicke record. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was uh, hearing it and I'm thinking, hmm. Okay. So, all right. So that is another question. So if someone, and I, this has happened. You, Can I just you interject? Know? I must say this quickly, very, very quickly. Oh, before I forget, before you get asked a question, because time is going quickly. I'm going to let you go. One more question. question. And basically, just to let you know, guys, that we are, I mean, it's been a long awaited, okay? We are doing books and all that kind of stuff, but we are preparing to the end of the year to next year. It's the 40th anniversary since Body Talk, and next year, 40th anniversary for Illusion. So we are preparing uh, a huge box set with original stuff, unreleased things um it's 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 going to be quite mammoth because there's a lot of different things that you didn't know um you know we were doing some jazz tracks in between what we were doing and outtakes and things like that and so there's going to be a lot of i to get my hands on that i must yeah there's some I'm, I'm being very careful what we put out you know but there's there's going to be some interesting um things there's some when we were in los angeles we did some interesting recordings that never saw the light of day um so we're gonna and some and, and some interesting mixes as well so we're we're gonna definitely have that all together for the first time for the first time so it's not because generally they do the greatest hits and it's just the da, 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 first second third da, da, da. but we're gonna have that it's cool. almost like almost like saying an anthology and it's safe. Yes, it will be an anthology, an anthology exactly. of lee john's right. imagination yes yes it so, will be. so here's the final question Mm-hmm. Writer, producer, you are singer, the whole thing. How how do you feel about when someone samples something that you worked on and uses it, like with Burning Up, for example? We've spoke about this. We've said this mm-hmm. a few times. We talked about the piano part. You and I spoke about this. <laughs> yeah, you burn it up, burn it, ba ba ba. You know that piano part is mm-hmm. so hot and so synonymous. If you heard that in a new track, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? as a producer writer someone using lifting your stuff well in in 2021 i love it i think you know it's still giving it a new life a new spirit so there's lots of kids that send me different mixes or send me ideas as well you know i've had a lot of people saying lee i heard what you recently did were you interested in, in working with me i'm getting a lot of that which i encourage which is good some i like some i don't like um when they give me son of illusion or daughter of illusion then i think oh my god you know they like say, oh, I've done a mix for you. And this but even this, it's the grandchild. Which it's is the like, grandchild of an illusion. You're hearing it, oh my goodness, what have you done to my song? You know, get it away. 
and they, and I get and believe me, I've got tons of them. When they, you know, they give me the son, the granddaughter of illusion, the granddaughter of music and light, and, and, and they're right giving you something new. And I'm thinking, listen to the original, listen to the original, it's and the then the stepchild come back. version, Lee. They give me the stepchild, yeah, the stepchild version. You know what I mean? I think I got something fantastic for you, really. Oh God, I, I mean, there's one joke I have. We had. The first single we ever did was Body Talk. The second single was called In and Out of Love. I'm in the studio working on the, the album. A writer comes in, this old guy comes in and he's going, Lee, I've got a great idea for a song for you, which I've written. I said, okay, what, what's it called? Body Love. I said, okay. Um, now we've just had Body Talk. So you said it pregnant before you went. He said, okay. Body Love. So I said, okay. And I looked at it and thought, are you real? You know, body love. I'm thinking we've just had an hour love and body, you know, but you're coming to body love. And that's how some people think. They're thinking, oh, because you had that, you're going to come in there. You know, they're giving you another stepchild. You know, no, we don't want any more. No, <laughs> that's not some cat litter. No, 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 no. And that's so, the thing about um, all of us. I well. like it when it's they're hard. creative with it. If they, if someone took Burning Up or they took um, Music and Lights or whatever song it may be, you know, Mighty Power of Love, you know, they take it, which they have. In actual fact, um, we're now trying to track because there's certain people have sampled the beginning of um, Instinctual, with, uh, which a lot of people forget. The first thing I say on Instinctual, I don't know if you remember what it is. I know you say something, but I don't remember exactly what it is now. But I do remember hearing your voice say something. Go ahead. Give me the music. Hey, give me the music. Boom. And the bass oh, I and that's been sampled, as you must know. That's oh, been yeah. Sampled. It's been yeah. sampled many times. Exactly. So we're trying to find the money for that because that's my voice. So, you know, and that's what they forget. It's like when James Brown's going, <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of people taking the, give me the music and using that. So, um, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's cool, though. It's, it's really cool. You know, it's 40 years later and the music still lives on. And we're still talking about it. We're still talking about yeah. it. And as long as it creates enjoyment and you can enjoy yourself listening to it and it can send you away, it can, you know, you can fantasize, you can, you know, do whatever you want to do. Um, great, you know. I mean, it's like, even with the outfits, we had, um, what's it called? Shakespeare's sister, whatever they're called. Not Shakespeare's sister, um, Scissor Sisters. We're saying they were copying some of the ideas. They watched all our old videos and they just took ideas. You mean the people that did break out? Bum, bum, bada, that happened, Sister Sisters? No, that was, um, that's the other one. That's, um, no, Sister Sisters was the group signed to Elton John's label. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I always love the, I always love how you guys look with the bandanas cut and all the, and I'm thinking, who, the, um, the, the yeah, who's doing the styling? Who was doing all that styling back then? Who was it was a combination. I mean, I, I, I designed some stuff. We had a, another designer, Brian Clark. We had Ozzy Osbourne had a designer who had get to do things. And, and, you know, and uh, we had an array of different people coming in. Towards the end, I started to style a lot more. Um, it was just really the period that we were in. Everybody was really pushing the 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 the, the, the bullet. Everyone was like pushing. Well, that's it. true because even on the rock band side, the rock bands were looking very more feminine dressed. Oh, totally. Makeup, yeah, yeah. clothes, makeup, eye makeup, everything. And, oh, around that time, the eighties was, was all yeah. about that. Everybody was very extreme, and um, which was fun. Which was it was a lot of fun. A lot, but it was a lot to maintain. You know, it was like wearing, you know, it was like wearing your uniform. That's the uniform you're wearing today. But we 
kept evolving. We kept changing all the time. So you couldn't keep up with what we were going to do. And I couldn't even keep up with myself because I was like, oh, I like this. I want to go here and da, da, da. And the other guys were going to go there and da, da. So, you know, it was fun. And um, I think we definitely contributed something to the industry visually as well as musically. And, you know, we had some great production teams. And um, luckily, I, I, I was part of the creative side of all of that. So um, that to me was is great fulfillment that meant you know i got to live out i'm living out the dream that i intended to all of you were because even like madonna she was living in the nightclubs at that same time and yeah, the front house. right and then right at the front house jelly beans club mm. and if you look at the clothes that's what the kids were wearing every week mm, exactly she was just putting things together from what she was living through yeah i mean the thing is um, the uk stood the torch, had the torch, because a lot of, uh, the, uh, of um, the Americans were taking a lot of stuff from the UK. I mean, Jeffrey Daniels from Shal Shalimar came over to the UK. He just loved the style. He loved everything. And, uh, and, and, and also, I think Jodie Watney came over as well, because Shalimar became very big there. And they just loved what we were doing. So we had a lot of influence on Europe and the rest of the world. And you still do. I'm hoping. <laughs> when I'm blown away by, I didn't know you lived in New York for that long. Yeah, five years. Five years. That's a big change for someone, you know, especially those formative years and hearing all that Detroit sound. This was all over the radio. Yeah, it wasn't just Detroit. It was. It you know, was I'm saying the fence. Yeah. You know, I think I, I heard more Motown music when I came back to the UK. I heard so much diverse music. Um, living in Brooklyn. And then when I went to Jamaica, Queens, where my grandmother lived. Um, yes, I remember that. You're telling me that. Jamaica. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, there was a church where the Edwin Hawkins singers would be singing right at the backyard. And I'd hear every, every Sunday when I went to my grandmother's, you'd hear the choir, you know. And um, my grandmother never thought I had a voice. She just said, oh, stop singing. What are you howling with those people for, you know? Because <laughs> I'd be like singing with the choir and everything. And, and But it was it was great, you know, all in the book. <laughs> I would have been the singer you are today if you didn't make it over to America. That's something that's a question mark. Um, See, what I'm saying because a lot of people I've heard that from told me that they they spun that they lived some years on this side of the pond. Yeah, yeah. that really changed the whole game for them. Well, I was a child when I was there, and I think probably I got from the America the energy. And also um, my ears. I think I had the ears and discipline because, uh, you know, I was in glee clubs and all that kind of stuff and choirs. So, you know, you develop a discipline. And once you take that discipline at, at the early stages, you can take that all the way through your life. And that's what it's all about, having those disciplines. You can relax and have a great time. But when you know it's about the work process, then you got to, you know, when you're in the studio, boom, let's do it now, get it done. You know, let's write, whatever, let's create, you know. Um, and now, like what you're doing, you're doing something visual as well as musical. It's a, it's a great combination. So the two walk hand in hand, and that's where we're at. And um, if we didn't have those tools from the very beginning, I don't think we'd be here. Um, very America, true. Was, right about that, America yeah. was a very good influence. But, you know, as I said, I learned a lot from the sound systems and going to the reggae clubs and that scene and seeing live bands, 
live bands was that was the that was the learning ground and then being a part of that and then doing my own thing then going to the soul clubs and being a soul ed and dancing and stuff like that that whole thing creates who you are and i think um that's one of the things with some djs and some producers that's my um, last take i would say is that some djs don't dance they don't know you know and they're they're creating the music but they don't know you don't know how to dance or a good dance they don't you know they're creating it in computer a lot of them do this computer-based music and they're doing it but they've got no backbone they can't wind up their waist you know i'm solution right, background right. you've got to be able to wind up your waist and know oh let's go for it oh you know and 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 feel it you know uh, there's a really good um producer in los angeles a uh, very good friend derek bramble and he's a he's a powerhouse when he, he you know he's he, he does soul funk everything but when he was in the studio and he would play you this thing and his he would be like his veins would be popping out because you could feel that he was into it and i thought yes this is what i want to be with that. Right? i want to work yes yeah, like yourself you get up there and you shake your booty you're like yeah oh, you know i always said some of the best djs i always said this are great dancers exactly they understand they yeah. understand the and that is what has to come back because what's happening i've worked with some some of the younger ones nothing against them but they don't dance they're like okay we're gonna put this sequence here and that sequence and that sounds great but come on let's right it up. you gotta feel it i always believe yeah. in order to the the essence of it is if you don't feel it it's not gonna work and if you don't no. believe in it you can't sell it to the world and on that note sir <laughs> good night to you and thank good you night. we love you lee john you I are you. a diamond a diamond triple diamond award goes to you Oscar nomination. Tony Award. Tony Award. Tony Award goes to me. Gone. Small acts, definitely. But thank you, everybody, and I thank everyone for supporting this career of 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 of, of mine and spanning decades. Yeah, I mean, and you know, stay with me on the train because the train's leaving the station. But if you see me on that, um, you know, if you're on the station and my train comes in jump on the train and join in with us, you know, cause the train's going on, the party's still going on. And, you know, we're, ha we're, we're having a good time. We've got to keep the good times, you know, peace, love, light. We have to keep it going.